it's not as sexy a topic as mitigation. You can't put a simple number on it in the way that you can with a mitigation target. It's a more complicated challenge and it's a more developmental challenge. And that makes it more difficult to deal with. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by the UN Conference on Trade and Development. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at climate change. Right now, much of Europe is seeing soaring temperatures and battling to control huge wildfires. Scientists say the heatwave is consistent with the global impact of climate change. Hundreds of millions of people around the world, many in developing countries, are suffering as extreme weather destroys crops, threatens development and makes entire areas unlivable. To find out how we can reduce the negative effects and prevent climate change from getting worse, we're joined now by Richard Cossel-Wright. An economist and author, Richard is director of the Globalisation and Development Strategies Division at UNCTAD. He graduated from the University of Cambridge and is also a keen Arsenal fan. Thank you for joining us, Richard. Now, first off, we're talking about climate adaptation. Now, that's looking at how we adapt to climate change. Does that mean we're giving up on trying to counteract climate change? Have we lost the battle? Uh, Good morning, Sarah. No, we haven't lost the battle. I mean, the mitigation challenge remains a paramount challenge. We have to keep temperatures to ideally uh, 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial averages or or below that, ideally. Um, and there's still a lot of work to be done on that front. But both mitigation and adaptation were part of the Paris Agreement. And they have to be seen in many respects as, as going together, because the more we mitigate effectively, the less the adaptation becomes a demanding policy challenge. We've had the IPCC report, and that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. That came out recently, and it painted a very stark picture, didn't it, of the environmental future, unless we act now. What would you say is the most important thing that everyone should know about these challenges? The mitigation challenge is a simple one. We have to cut down carbon emissions very significantly, and we've been failing to do that. What we don't understand so much is the adaptation challenge because it's been neglected. It's not as sexy a topic as mitigation. You can't put a simple number on it in the way that you can with a mitigation target. It's a more complicated challenge and it's a more developmental challenge. And that makes it more difficult to deal with. I think we need to put it firmly onto the agenda in Sharm el-Sheikh at the next COP in November of this year. And there's a real push to do so. Uh, The Egyptian hosts have made it a major focus of their concerns for the COP. Uh, The only way to deal with uh, adaptation is through the right kinds of investments. They are expensive. The private sector will not probably fund uh, adaptation. We need a different approach to adaptation than we've had for the last 10, 20 years. Well, you mentioned the COP, which is, of course, the next UN uh, climate change conference in Egypt that's coming up later this year. What are you hoping to achieve? If we reel back a little bit and look at Glasgow, which was the previous COP, which at least kept the momentum going. It didn't really come up with very much that was new. 
On adaptation, there was a promise in doubling the funds. So it's estimated that around $20, $25 billion is currently channeled into adaptation investments. The commitment is to double that by 2025. That's not enough. Most estimates reckon that we need at least $70 billion today. And by 2030, estimates are in the hundreds of billions of dollars in terms of the resources that are needed. So there's going to have to be a commitment to scaling up uh, financing for the adaptation challenge in Egypt. Developing countries are already being hit, and we've seen that with floods and with with droughts and and with extreme weather events that are, are seriously damaging many developing countries, and they feel that they need to be compensated for that damage because they didn't cause it. What are your main concerns? The longer we make promises without real commitments, the greater the the challenge becomes, particularly for developing countries. So infrastructure is very vulnerable to these kinds of shocks. So investing in climate-resilient infrastructure is critical in all of these countries. Um, We need to have effective supplies of water that can be seriously damaged by by these kinds of climatic events. So the more diversified your economy is, the greater you have of responding and recovering from shock. So if you depend on two commodities for your uh, economic uh, livelihood and a huge storm hits your economy, the chances are that you will be devastated economically because there's no fallback options when it comes to responding to that shock and recovering from it. Thank you to Richard Coselwright from UNCTAD for being our guest this week. Uh, Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Thomas in Geneva. Goodbye for now.